Hallelujah. God bless you, Horeb Temple Choir. Church, it's time for us to receive the unadulterated word of God. And we are blessed and privileged to have a vessel to be a blessing unto us this morning. So without wasting much time, kindly on your feet, privilege is mine to welcome our own set man of God, Pastor Telford Abayate. Oh, put your hands together for the Lord this morning. Celebrate his goodness. Celebrate his goodness. Thank you so much, Madam Susan. God bless you. God bless you, the choir, for the wonderful ministration. Shall we please take our fruitfulness declaration for the morning? The eternal God is our refuge. He opens rivers in desolate heights. The Lord makes the wilderness a pool of water. The Lord God is my sun and shield. The Lord gives grace and glory. Therefore, I delight myself in him. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord, shall be fresh and flourishing though the earth be shaken the name of the Lord is my strong tower by faith I affirm that in Christ alone is my salvation in him I live and move and have my being it is written the righteous are like a tree planted by the waters, bearing fruits in its season. So I boldly declare, as for me, my God has made me exceedingly fruitful. In this season, my spirit bears fruits of righteousness. My talents make way for me with my hands. I will plant, I will build, I will harvest day by day, step by step, in Jesus' name, amen. Let's please take our seats. God bless you. Last week, I was on a short leave, and by the grace of God, I'm back. Hallelujah. I miss the pulpits. Amen. Spirit of the living God, brood over us this morning. Brood over us this morning. Brood over us. Let your spirit come through for us. Fill this place with your presence. Fill this place with your power. Let your presence saturate every heart. I pray that as your word comes forth, Father, we will receive it. And none will leave here the same. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, I ask for your blessings to come upon these seeds. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Last two weeks, I started a sermon I titled, Offenses, the Weapon of the Enemy. This morning, 
I want to finish it, and I've titled this morning's sermon, Overcoming Offenses. Overcoming Offenses. Overcoming Offenses. And my text, or my key text for the morning is Luke chapter 17 and the verse 1. Luke chapter 17 and the verse 1. Then he said, talking about Jesus, to the disciples, it is impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to him through whom they do come. My focus is going to be on, then he said to the disciples, it is impossible that no offenses should come. And this is Jesus himself. And Jesus was telling the disciples that it is impossible that offenses should not should come. I mean, no matter what you do as a human being, offenses will come your way. No matter what you do in marriage, offenses will come in there. No matter what you do in your organization, offenses will come. No matter what you do in your church, pray all the prayers, pour all the oil, do all the fasting, offenses will come. This is where Jesus is words. And so as Christians, if Jesus, whom we are following, says that offenses will come, it means that as Christians we must learn how to deal with the spirit of offenses. Because the truth is that whether you like it or not, the thing will come. So what do you do? You better get prepared for it. Hallelujah. So this morning we are going to learn how to prepare ourselves for offenses. And like a disease, every disease has symptoms. If you go to the hospital, by the things you are going through, the, the, the doctor can, can tell you that uh, I suspect this. And I suspect that. So offenses, being a sickness, has symptoms. It has symptoms. And I want us to look at some of the symptoms of offenses this morning. And then we look at a typical case in the book of Matthew. And then we conclude and see how we can live an offense-free life. So the number one symptom of offenses, number one symptom of offenses is that when people are offended, they develop an independent spirit. When people are offended with you, they develop an independent spirit towards you. So you see people who are very active in church, when they become offended, before you realize, they start hiding themselves. They stop coming for fellowship. When there are programs, they will not come. Even when they come, they will not partake. They will be sitting at the back, at the corner. And then if you ask them, eh, is there anything? They will, they will look somewhere. If you even decide to call them, oh, they will tell you, I don't have a problem. But deep down in their hearts, they know that it's not that they don't have anything to say. But because they are offended. They will keep everything to them. If they say, oh, we are doing this in the church. Can you come and help? They will tell you they don't have. They don't, they don't have. They don't have. They don't have. Even though they have so much sitting with them and in their account, they will tell you they don't have. Because they are what? Offended. 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 That's what offense, offense does. 
When people are offended, they develop an independent spirit. Sometimes even a husband and a wife. When the husband is offended at the wife or the wife is offended at the husband, when they are sitting in the car, they develop independent spirit. The wife is watching elsewhere. The husband is watching elsewhere. Why? Because the spirit of offense has entered their home. And so you see, when you notice someone who you used to be very close with, all of a sudden, withdrawing, withdrawing. You should know that there's something wrong somewhere. Don't think that he has changed as in probably he's a new creation. No. The man is offended. There are people I can just look at and I know that they are offended by their actions. Withdrawal syndrome just comes upon them. Hallelujah. And sometimes you call them, they will not even pick. And go and check their phone. So that they've even blocked you. And sometimes they've saved your name. Don't answer. Yes, don't answer. Don't answer. You, you, you try, take people's phone and you see. Your name has been saved, don't answer. Because they are offended in you. <laughs> Offense. Number two, the number two symptom. I'm showing you the symptoms so you know how to diagnose them. The number two symptom. Offended people develop a critical spirit. Ah, critical spirit. Everything they will oppose. <laughs> Everything and anything they will oppose. Because they have become opposition leaders. Opposition leaders. Offenses can make people become opposition leaders when they are even in government. Anything you do, they don't see anything good with it. Critical spirits. Critical spirits. Critical spirits. They look at things subjectively instead of looking at things objectively. So when I say subjectively, it means that they react to things based on their feelings. Based on their feelings, the way they feel. And because they are hurt. <sighs> Something which is good. And everybody is saying, oh, as for this is good. As for this is good. As for this is good. As for them. I don't. This one, if we do it, it will not work. Subjectively. They are never objective. That's why you ought to be careful when you are dealing with an offended person. They look at things subjectively and not objectively. <sighs> wow. Hallelujah. The third one. An offended person develops a spirit of resentment. A spirit of resentment. A spirit of resentment. The word resentment, that means hatred. Hatred. And sometimes extreme hatred. Extreme hatred. Extreme hatred. And that is how come you can see a husband when the husband is offended at the wife or the wife is offended at the husband or they are offended at someone in that. You realize that all of a sudden there is hatred. Any small thing, there is trouble. You know the funny thing? 100% of church members are offended. Well, sometimes people are offended in their schools. 
some in the church, some in their marriages. And if you don't deal with it, it will destroy you. People have offended me, not here though, <laughs> somewhere else or some other places. So it, I, I'm included. Auntie, I'm sure you've been offended before. I'm sure, madam, I've offended you, sir. So this sermon, eh, don't take it for yourself. Eh, or don't say, I wish Mr. Kwame was here. Please, it's for you. Some of you are sitting there. You are saying, ah, I wish Kojo was here to hear this. He's the one, the pastor. I'm not preaching to Kojo. I'm preaching to you. I'm preaching to you. You woman who is full of offenses. You man who is full of offenses. You a church member who is full of offenses. You develop a spirit of resentment. Strong hatred. And sometimes, in preaching offenses, there are people who are even sitting in the, 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 their seats right now. Their pews right now. They are even angry with me. They are even saying that the pastor is preaching against me. And the pastor went to, he went to prepare. Who told you I prepare my messages because of an individual? There are people here, they are even getting more angry with even the subject I'm preaching. But I'm sorry, I will preach it as long as God says, tell for preach it. <laughs> Offenses, resentment, strong hatred, strong hatred, strong hatred. They will get angry at you at the least thing. They make a case of out of everything you say. Oh, even when you are suggesting something, they say, hey, the man is offended. Number four, people who are offended usually develop an attitude of misjudgment and condemnation. They misjudge everything. They misjudge everything. If they see that the pastor decides to even sit there, don't misconstrue it. They are always looking for opportunity to criticize you. So you, if you like, the choir is singing, you decide to dance. They may think you are dancing because of them. So they will say, do you see the way he was dancing? The, the way he was throwing the handkerchief. And he even decided to come and dance in front of me. Hmm. Now, the person is offended. Misjudgment. 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 So if you are here, you are misjudging everything. You are condemning everything, even when the thing is good. Master, your heart has gone wayward. Be careful. Be careful. This is a serious, you see, this is a serious subject, eh? People have lost their husbands because of this. People have lost their marriages because of this. People have lost jobs because of offense. Churches have been divided because of offense. People have died because of offense. Hallelujah. Misjudgment. Misjudgment. When people are offended, the next one, the next one, I think five. Offended people often develop rebellious spirits. Rebellious spirit. And permit me to say this. There's a particular church in Ghana, a very big church. And we are told six of some of their pastors, 
they decided to leave the organization. So you know what I did when I was preparing this message? I decided to go on their pages. Those six, two of the pastors, I decided to go on their pages. Because you see, when people are offended, go on their WhatsApp pages. Go on their Facebook pages. You will know by the scriptures they quote. You can tell. And sometimes I see people write. That's why normally I don't look at people's WhatsApp status as a pastor. It's a principle because I don't want you to come and say I'm preaching against you. Because I don't know. So I don't normally watch. If you notice, I don't once a while something may happen and I may see. But usually, 100%, I don't want to watch. Because when people are offended, you see it on their WhatsApp pages. And these pastors, eh, the kind of things they have written on their Facebook pages, and the kind of sermons they are preaching, they have become rebellious. They have become resistant. They have become so corrosive. They have become so toxic. And you see, offended people forget. They easily forget. Because the truth is that you, somebody may wrong you. But why do you forget the past? At least even if the person has wronged you today, are you saying the person has not done you any good before? That's the question sometimes you should ask yourself. They become so rebellious. They become so resistant. They become so toxic. And sometimes when they are chatting with you, everything they are saying is evil. Everything they are saying is evil. Half truth, lies. Half truth, lies. Things they have not seen, they will say they were there. And they can bet with their lies that I was there. I know he has done this. I know he did this. I know he has done this. <sighs> God should have mercy on us. should have mercy on us. God should have mercy on us. 2 Samuel 15, 13 to 14. And this is talking about David. You know, when you read 2 Samuel chapter 13, 2 Samuel chapter 14 and chapter 15 and even 16, there's a, a very interesting story there. Let me just summarize that story. It talks about David, his brother, his half-brother, Amnon, and then his sister, and the Bible said his half-brother slept with, in fact, raped the half-sister. So Absalom became so angry. He became offended. Because, look, he expected that after that incident, his father, King David, would have called his brother to order. However, his father just left it like that. So the Bible says that Absalom developed you know, after being offended for some time, he developed a rebellious spirit against his own dad. He decided that this man, this king, I'll remove him. And that is what offense can do. When you don't deal with an offense and it becomes a rebellious spirit, if you are not careful, things you are not supposed to touch, you touch. Powers you are not supposed to take, you begin to take. Things you are not supposed to say, you begin to say. Places you are not supposed to go, you begin to go. You begin to go into people's homes, begin to say things. Lies, 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 perpetuating evil. And Absalom, that's what Absalom did. It's a long story, but let me just quote the scriptures. Second Samuel 15, 13 to 14. The Bible says, 
And there came a messenger to David, saying, The heart of the men of Israel are after Absalom. And David said unto all his servants that were with him at Jerusalem, Arise, and let us flee. For we shall not else escape from Absalom. Make speed to depart, lest he overtake us suddenly and bring evil upon us. And smite the city with the edge of the sword. Can you imagine? Your own son. Your own son. Deciding that he will revolt against. Because he's offended. And you know what? You know what Absalom did? And this is what people. When, when people are offended. They, they look for friends. Who are also offended. Then they join gang with them. They join them. It's amazing how they're able to locate themselves. Because sometimes when people are offended, I don't know how they do it. I don't know whether it's magic. They are able to tell that this man and my good self are in the same shoes. So before long, you see them talking together. Before long, they start, they start calling themselves. Before long, they start WhatsApping. Midnight, you see them making calls. How do you do it? Please tell me. <laughs> Absalom knew that Ahitophel, David's right-hand man, was so... You know why Ahitophel was offended in David? He, he destroyed the granddaughter's marriage. Bathsheba. That's the granddaughter. And you know what David did? Took the, the young lady, slept with her, committed adultery with her. When he finished, destroyed the marriage by killing the lady's husband. So I'm sure Ahitophel was, was very peeved. So Absalom, probably by divine intuition, knew that Ahitophel was also offended. So he asked Ahitophel to join the gang. And Ahitophel quickly joined. And see, and guess what Ahitophel did? 2 Samuel 16, 21. And Ahitophel said unto Absalom, Go in unto thy father's concubines, which he has left to keep the house. And all Israel shall hear that thou art abhorred of thy father. Then shall the hands of all that are with thee be strong. You see what offended people can do? How can you tell a young man, go and sleep with your father's wives? Offense, eh? If you don't manage it well, you begin to sleep with your father's wives. An automatic curse. Automatic curse. Yami, if I born in jail, Look, God should have mercy on us. Number six, offenses can lead to unanswered prayer. Offenses, it leads to unanswered prayer. Your prayers will not be answered. Your prayers, they won't be answered. And sometimes when people are offended that they are doing evil, they don't think about tomorrow. Because, see, there's a way the enemy... No, the enemy doesn't give anything for free. He will help you to do the evil. And then after that, he will come against you yourself. So when you read Mark 11, from verse 22 to 26, Jesus was teaching the disciples about prayer. And the how... And he was teaching them how faith and forgiveness can bring about answered prayer. He was teaching them. And he was telling them that if you kneel down or you stand to ask or to ask anything in prayer, ensure that you are forgiving that brother or that sister. 
It means that ensure that there is no offenses or offense between you and that brother or that sister. Because if you don't do it, there will be no answered prayer. A lot of us, we caught the 22, the 23, the 24. Then we say, by faith. Then you begin to pray. You are wasting your time. That is why some of you, you are praying, asking God to do this, to do that, to do this. And the answer is not coming. Because in your heart is, is offenses. In your spirit is the spirit of offense. But this morning I have come to let you understand that any spirit of offense that has taken hold of your spirit, let it go, let it go. Let that spirit go. Because with that spirit following you, you will not receive answered prayer. look at a typical case. John the Baptist. Because of time, I'll just rush through it quickly. John the Baptist is a cousin to Jesus. True or false? In fact, it, when Jesus went to John the Baptist at the Jordan, Matthew chapter 3, to be prayed for, John the Baptist says certain things. And let me read it. Matthew chapter 3, from verse 13. It says, then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And are you coming to me? It is because John had a revelation of who Jesus was. So he knew that, no, as for this man, I should not be the one baptizing him. Because he has a higher grace. He should be the one to baptize me. And I want you to follow this story carefully. 15, but Jesus answered and said to him, permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him and saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, a lightning upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. I'm sure if you are going to baptize a man such as this and all these things happen, you know that this man is the Messiah. And this was John. John knew by revelation that Jesus was the Messiah. In fact, they were cousins. And John was somebody who came from a priestly home. So he understood some of these things. But guess what? John became offended. And when I say John, I'm talking about John the Baptist. John the Baptist became offended in Jesus. And let's look at John, the same John the Baptist who said, I don't even have that grace to baptize you. I am not even eh, good enough to, to lose your sandals. Let's see that same John. What happened when he became offended? So you see, when offense comes, eh, your mindset changes. Somewhere, somehow, that this, even God tells you, you can't even, you may even say, oh, it's not even God who said it again. It, it's my own spirit. It's my own thinking. Let's go to Matthew 11, from verse 2 to 5. And when John had heard in prison about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said to him, Are you the coming one? Or do we look for another? 
he sent his disciples. Go and find out from that man. Is he the coming one? Or should we look for another? Ask yourself, what happened? Between Matthew chapter 3 and then Matthew chapter 11, what happened? Offenses attacked John. John was, was arrested, put in, in, in prison. And I'm sure John felt that, look, Jesus being his cousin, Jesus would come to visit him. At least Jesus would come and then pray with him. And probably Jesus would help them take him out of prison. Jesus did none of that. So John became offended. What am I saying? What I'm saying is that if a man such as John, who carried a prophetic mandate, a man who came from a priestly home, a man who himself said, I don't even have the capacity to lose your sandals. And the man who said, I don't even have the ability to pray for you, can change his mind. It tells you that offense is a very serious thing. If John could suffer from offense, what of you and I? That is why we ought to be careful. Tell somebody be careful. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Ubeka. Ubeka. Church, why would John? So, uh, let, me, let me read the things I've written here. I mean, because John was offended, Jesus' judgment on the understanding and revelation of the person of Jesus on his life was clouded. Offenses made John the Baptist a doubter. He began to doubt the ministry of Jesus. Offenses led John the Baptist into unbelief. May you not be led into unbelief because of offenses. And guess, because of offenses, John the Baptist ended his, his, his ministry prematurely. Because look, let, let's, let's look at this. Jesus said in the book of Matthew eleven eleven. if you can give me that scripture. Matthew eleven eleven. he said something profound about John the Baptist. He said, of all men who were born of a woman, none has risen like John the Baptist. So it means that even John the Baptist, somewhere, somehow, by supernatural occurrence, he could have been taken out of that prison. You know the story in Acts chapter 16? But what happened? You see, when you are offended, the spirit of God leaves you. And I quoted a scripture last week in Hosea. When you are offended, the spirit of God leaves you. When you come before God, he gives way. Because he cannot stand offense. And so John the Baptist, great ministry, prophetic ministry, apostolic ministry. Jesus even said, there is none that has risen like him. Look at the end of his life. It was a small girl. A small girl. Who said, I want to say be careful. A small boy doesn't ask of your head because you're offended. Be careful that a little boy will not just stand and say, this man fall and you fall because you're offended. I'm telling you. It's a dangerous thing. It's a very dangerous thing. Offenses are so dangerous that you must run away from them. I remember a certain man did something against me. I became so offended. I got up, I don't. I lifted 
an anointing on your leg. Then you say, the Lord said, put it down. Ah, because you see, the Lord knows that if you do that, you are opening the, the way of the devil to attack you one day. Then I said, I should leave him. And I just put the thing down. And I felt the pain. It was so painful. It was so painful. In fact, when I was preparing the message, I felt the pain myself. Because some of the things I'm saying there, eh, I'm a human being, it affects me too. But we need to understand that we must let offenses go. We must let offenses leave. We must let it go. Whoever has offended you, leave the person before you die prematurely. Sometimes you hear that this person has said, you may not know. Because people can carry bitterness in them and they are wishing people so much evil. And then before long, the evil turns against you. But this morning, I want to encourage you. Let's go. Let's go. Oh, sorry. Oh, Jesus. How do we live an offense-free life? In the next two minutes, then I'm done. How do we live an offense-free life? Number one. Number one. Render to no man evil for evil. Romans 12, 17 to 19. Render to no man evil for evil. So if you are here, someone has done you wrong. You are planning that Ubekunu, the Bible says, render <laughs> to no man evil. No evil. I, mean, I mean, don't do the person any evil. Let him go. If you are here, you are wishing that something dangerous happens to your enemy. The Bible is saying, repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. I pray that you have regard for good things in the sight of all men. In the sight of all men. In the sight of all men. Hallelujah. The Bible says that Stephen was stoned. In Acts chapter 7 from verse 59 to 60. And what did he do? He said, God forgive them. Even when they were, that is the attitude the Bible wants us to take. Don't repay evil for evil. Pastor Telford, don't repay evil for evil. Thank you, Jesus. Uncle Ken, don't repay evil for evil. Osofo Mami, don't repay evil for evil. Hallelujah. My wife, don't repay evil for evil, Lord. My good friend, Luis, don't repay evil for evil. My armor bearer, don't repay evil for evil. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Number two, all men, nothing except love. All men, nothing except love. If there is anything you owe any man, it should be love. If there is anything you owe any man on this earth, it should be love. It should be love. It should not be wickedness. It should not be hatred. It should not be I'll kill him. It should not be I'll pull him down. It should not be die by fire. It should be love. It should be love. The message is a difficult one. <laughs> because this job I'm doing, people will step on your toes. And sometimes, when you know God hears you, you want to prove to people that God hears you. But no, it's wrong. You have to learn to forgive. So if there is anything you owe any man, owe the person love. Not offense. Hallelujah. 
Romans 13, 8. Oh, no one anything except to love one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. Hallelujah. The time is fast spent. Finally, learn to deal with issues biblically. Learn to deal with issues Biblically, one of the problems in the church is when things are happening, instead of us taking the Bible and looking at how things like that were handled in the Bible, we use our own means. And a typical example is in the book of Matthew chapter 17, 18, 15 to 17. We call it the Matthew principle. Matthew chapter 18, from 15 to 17. Kindly give me the scriptures. Let me just read it and then we end there. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, Go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Number one. So if you wrong me, and I feel strongly that you have wronged me, I'll let you know. And I tell people all the time, if I've wronged you, tell me. I mean, that's, what's the big deal if I've wronged you? Am I beyond wrong? No. Don't hate me. Don't see me. Come here, then you're running away. You see me, come here, then you have done this. That's how people see you on the park cover, they'll do this. Wow. So the first one, the two of you. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. The next verse, 16. But if he will not hear, take with you one or two more. That by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. So, if he decides not to hear you, you can come to me. Or come to Uncle Ken. Or come to Auntie Susan. Or my wife. Or Auntie Gloria. Any of the leaders. And tell them. So, they will go call the person and speak to the person for you. Hallelujah. This is what the Bible says. Oh, I'm not saying it. Next. 17. And if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. As for that one, I know to create more problems. Oh, I know to create more problems. Maybe then it was good. Hey, who will come on microphone? The person will hate you forever. I know. Even though the Bible says that. But what it, I believe what it also means is, let's tell probably the leaders of the church. Let's tell it to the leaders. And sometimes things, issues come to me. And I try to let people know that, look, sometimes let's go. Because when you are in the house of God, people will offend you. Even as a pastor. I remember... I preached a message somewhere. And then I, I heard that I was preaching against somebody. I said, me. Now, I'm sorry, I'm preaching a true message. I may preach against Auntie Susan. For what? You can ask my wife how she suffered writing her message. I was lying down laughing at her. Bro, bro. Message is easy. Now, I say, me. Ma me draw message against you. Ow. I mean for Bonnie John. I said be as I I can't do that. But you see, message when it comes. A be wall. A be cow. A be pemo. Make her pay me waha. It's how do you assume that it's because of you I'm preaching? It's wrong. But if he refuses even to hear the church, let him be to you like a heathen. A heathen is an unbeliever. So if you are here, somebody offends you and, you, and the person comes to apologize, and you refuse to accept, please, you are an unbeliever. Just a tax collector. <laughs> a tax collector. 
May God have mercy on us. I pray for the church this morning. I pray for the church this morning. That Lord, you touch our hearts. We are not perfect. And we shall never be perfect. But Father, in all our weaknesses, Father, show us mercy. Father, people, we have offended. We have offended the Lord. Father, may give them the grace to forgive us. And them that we have offended us, Lord, Father, this morning we pray that we will forgive them. Father, help us. Even the most difficult of offense, Spirit of the living God, help us to forgive. That at the end, glory shall be given to you. In Jesus' name, amen.